a happy Father's Day to our loyal listeners here on the Sports Cubicle and Sports from the Couch. And of course, a happy Father's Day to not only Paul Shavari, our wonderful Paul Shavari, but of course, the marvelous one, our scout, our coach, Dan Marver. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to my old man, Wilfredo Mercado. Happy Father's Day to all the pops in the world. And marvelous, I hope that you've been enjoying your Father's Day weekend. I hope you are feeling spry after watching the NBA finals and all the craziness that's been in the world of Chicago sports. But before we get into a little bit of conversations about the Cubs, I want to get your thoughts on uh, what did you think of the uh, six game series between the now four time champion Golden State Warriors who beat Boston in Boston? Your thoughts of what was an entertaining series, but not necessarily a close series by the end of most games. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Boston had an edge at the beginning of a lot of games, uh, but it just seemed like the Warriors had whatever it took to come back, and particularly Curry. And, and obviously, they're not, to me, as strong a team as when they had Durant But overall. But they did get some contribution from other pieces, Pool, and, you know, con- contributed. And they had some other, you know, Thompson, of course, it was key because he had been injured much of the year. And when he came back, I think that's when they started to gel. So, but Poole got a lot of experience, uh, you know, playing during the season. So he contributed. And uh, so I think that overall, uh, you know, Looney also, and of course they get a lot, they they got contributions from people off the bench as well. So, but I thought that a one, one that perhaps they were in trouble, but they were going, (laughs) going to Boston, but uh, they managed to uh, pick up the pace. And uh, I, again, I hate that the, 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 the two, two, one, 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 when they're in the opposite coast, but uh, it worked out for, for the Warriors. They were able to, uh, to make the long trip back to Boston and win it all. And I thought it might go seven, but I still like the Warriors uh, overall. And uh, that's what happened. I I don't, you know, I don't know if if this is the, I think they're coming towards the end of their so-called dynasty Mm -hmm. because I don't know, you know, all the pieces that they have, they're going to be integrating more younger players, I think, but if they ever got a center, (laughs) <laughs> that would help them immensely because they did, they really uh, are able to do what they do without a lot of height. And that's, what's amazing to me, but the ball movement is unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> some of the bad, you know, they know where they are. I mean, the behind the back stuff and everything else. And yeah, it's just, it's just incredible. And uh, uh, I thought that they were the best team. And I actually thought that it would end up with golden state and Milwaukee. And I actually had a feeling about Milwaukee because the Greek freak would have had his way, you know, I think, in that kind of series. You bring so, up an interesting uh, point about the finals, yeah. Marvelous One, you, yeah. about these, these warriors about the end of their dynasty, and then you bring up Milwaukee. We had friend on the show, Josh Bokulter, on, and we spoke of, if you guys missed the interview, make sure you go to our SoundCloud at WCPT820.com. And, of course, make sure you check us out on YouTube, YouTube.com slash Mercado Airwaves Network, <laughs> if you miss any one of our segments or interviews. And that's what we mentioned about it. You have to strike when the iron's hot. And if you look at what Golden State did, you don't know how much longer Draymond's legs are going to get. You don't know how long Steph Curry is going to be able to drain 40 footers. Clay Thompson came back from a torn ACL and a ruptured Achilles after 900 days not being on the court. You needed Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole to play some of the craziest basketball they may ever play in their career. It took an entire team to win this. And that's why I'm, I'm with you. It's hard to get back to that point where you're at that age, at that level, at this moment of your quote unquote dynasty or fantastical (laughs) dynasty that you may be, maybe not an official one. And that's why the Boston side of it 
they have to be heartbroken over in the Northeast because, yeah, they're going to be around. But just like what happened in Phoenix, it's hard to get back there. It's hard to get to your championship game, no matter what the sport, no matter the gender, and not win it that year and try to get back the next. It is such a grind. And to try to get into the right space. So we saw the finals. It was an interesting finals, some interesting games. But speaking of Boston losing, the, cl- the, the climb to the mountaintop that it takes and the effort are Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Seeing how it's it, honestly marvelous when we, we mentioned this in our interview earlier. It doesn't seem if you watch this finals that you get lucky here or there. And if you got maybe a guy or a couple of those dudes, you can win everything in the NBA right now. It is wide open. There isn't a Miami Heat team of the 2010s. Golden State is good, but they're beatable throughout those years. There's a reason why this is only their fourth. And I say only only in quotations, but the Bulls now on that side on the Chicago side of the market. I, I don't think they're I, as close as as far as it may seem like they are. I actually think it's just as close to them to getting it. Well, you're right about that. I, I mean, uh, I mean, I'd forgotten Andrew Wiggins was a number one overall pick out of Kansas and uh, six, seven. I think he was a key to the series, too. I, I was going to mention that. And Fremont Green, of course, and it was good that Iguodala got one final yeah, yeah. <laughs> championship. But we were I was looking in the paper today. There's a mock. Uh, NBA draft, you know, the first round, which will probably not be the way it is. I mean, because there's all these people from overseas and, you know, names that I've never heard of. So you never know what's going to happen. But uh, we get to the Bulls. I mean, the the the, 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 the Sun-Times had him getting uh, a player from Illinois, from Belleville, EJ Liddell, which is a 6'7 kind of player they need, a hard-nosed inside player. He goes to the hoop. So that's what the Bulls need. And I've said that before, uh, a consistent three-point shooter and somebody that is willing to go in the paint and not be afraid to be uh, have some physicality. So do you think now, looking into that, what the Bulls have to do to get into that position, right? Because if, if, if we're ranking stars in the NBA, DeMar and Zach are top 25 in the NBA. So already you're at that level. Maybe it's not top 15, and that's kind of the goal you want to be at. You want to be one to have a guy who's in that top 10, top 15. But let's just say, for sake of argument, they got two of the top 30 players in the NBA right now on their team. And you look around then, so it's, well, then you got to strike now. So what do you do? Are you willing to part ways with Patrick Williams? Are you willing to part ways with Kobe White? Are you willing to get rid of 18? Is there teams out there who are really interested in the skill package that Nikola Vucevic has? And here's the thing. I mentioned this with Josh earlier on in the show. If you look at the Chicago Bulls, all these rumors, whether it's Zach Levine or that they're after this free agent, this it's not coming from the Advocate Center. Mark Eversley and, and our choice corner show is run a tight knit ship. They are not letting leaks get out. So I'm starting to wonder what they really do have in mind when they're in New York city for draft night. So if, if you have, let's say you have free money, right? $300 marvelous one. Congratulations. I gave you Mercado pesos. What do you do? Are you pulling it all on the line? Are the bulls going to be one of those teams in the draft where we're going to see the graphic come up? The Chicago, we have a trade. Adam silver says, the Chicago Bulls receive so-and-so, and this team gets that. I was looking at the 13 players or so that would be picked ahead of the Bulls and to move up to that spot. Uh, the value, I don't know if it would be worth it. I mean, I, I couldn't think of somebody that would be any more helpful than Oladell, honestly. Mm. I think they might stay where they are, keep what they've got, and the kind of people that they might trade, I would rather they trade for established players than a draft pick at this point. 
So maybe, do you think they could do that in the draft? Yeah, do you think they or, can do that yeah, during the draft? Yeah, maybe if somebody pops up in the second round that slipped down a bit, maybe that would be the time to do it. But you know, get a higher pick in the second round, maybe like the the you know the thirty eighth pick or something. <laughs> that's that's what I would do. So what about during in the draft though, and not necessarily going for a prospect, but what if during draft nights? They get themselves that veteran that they want, and it's for a Kobe White, a Vucevic, and let's say Patrick Williams or the 18th. Do you think that's in play, that a veteran – how about this? Beyond the Chicago Bulls, does a star veteran get moved draft night? I could see a trade like that with players and then picks. Yeah, that, that I could see. I can't see a player strictly for a pick. Right. Okay. That, that, the combo deal, I could see, yeah. Definitely. That, that makes a lot more. That makes a lot of sense. And it kind of leaves the Bulls with a lot of different options heading into Vegas when they're in the G League and seeing how they're able to develop because there's going to it's going to be a totally different roster. That bench is going to be completely different heading into this next season for the Chicago Bulls. But marvelous one. We got some other stuff we got to hit on really fast on this Father's Day weekend. But before we put to bed the NBA season and we look forward to the future for the Chicago Bulls and the rest of the league. Your thoughts on the season that was for Chicago and the NBA. I've mentioned it before. I thought it was a very entertaining season for the Bulls. Had it been vice versa and they ended the season the way they started, we would be on cloud nine. That didn't work out that way. There were a lot of stars in the playoffs. A superstar team won. The right team won, quite frankly. And I think all in all, the league is in a good place. And it was a great setup for training camp and for the Chicago Bears. Your thoughts on this NBA season? I thought that the season was very satisfying in that it went on without interruption yeah. with fans and with normal playoffs on schedule, you know, other than the fact that, that uh, Adam Silver wasn't there to award the trophy. I think everybody else was healthy. <laughs> and Green missed the game one and two. So, I mean, there were people that were, that were on COVID protocol, but it didn't seem like any of the players were affected and the schedule went perfectly. So I was happy for that. The Bulls was remarkable. They were, had the best record in the league for yeah. roughly half a year, the first half, and uh, looked like you know they were geniuses in terms of of uh, putting the team together. You know they had some injuries and some other issues in the second half where they sort of fell apart, but they won a game in Milwaukee, which I would never would have guessed. <laughs> so it wasn't a total failure. They just seemed to need a little bit more, and you know I, to to be you know a champion or to get closer to the championship anyway. Yeah, I, I like, you know, baby steps, maybe win a round, <laughs> then win two rounds, you know. So uh, it, it would be nice. I mean, there was a lot of enthusiasm and excitement the first half of the year. It was, it was more than I would have anticipated. And then we, at the end of the year, we're talking about maybe a play-in game, but that didn't happen either. So everything worked out for them in terms of that. The front office seems to be, you know, on the right track i mean like we said everything's sort of a secret right now we don't know what's going to happen but we may know a lot more in in, you know in 10 days than we know now about what the future is for the bulls and i'd like to see them make be a little you know do make be creative get get a liddell or somebody that goes to the basket and get that shooter and maybe move you know white or whoever they need whoever they need to move to get some talent that's going to contribute right away and I think Chicago is going to have a good time watching this transformation for this Bulls team. And it's got veterans. It's got NBA talent, veteran talent. And they 
like you mentioned, they got the front office that at the very least looks like they're aggressive and intelligent enough to make the right moves. It's just seen if the dominoes fall your way. But more importantly, we want to know your thoughts, your thought on the Golden State Warriors winning the NBA Finals. Steph, Draymond, and Clay all get their fourth title. Where does Steve Kerr rank in the rankings of all-time head coaches? How close are the Chicago Bulls to an NBA Finals? How close is your favorite team to an NBA Finals? We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. It's the Marvelous One, Dan Marver. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado.